that went to uh, to the come to the fire and uh, Landon will you come get a mic and Sean if anybody wants to testify tonight we'll give you a mic so we can really hear you good and if anybody wants to say anything about the encounter not, is, it, is that what it's called yeah, yeah like the, the teen encounter but just well you leave oh I thought you <laughs> I need to just leave and go out the back. <laughs> no, okay. But just, uh, we had a great time. Uh, I was making fun of some of the all, the, all the ladies. Every night we'd go to this to the service. And I got to listen to them tell all their kids goodnight. Because when we got done, it was late. And, and every night they were all on their phones. Well, honey, you know, all this and this and this. And I was just like, they're acting like these men can't take care of them kids at all. And so walked in this morning and, and I said, Eric, you did a good job taking care of your kids. And his boy had a big gash across his head and a big band-aid. And some of these little girls had come in and their hair was all messed up, missing teeth and things like that. And I was like, them guys did a terrible job. It was terrible. I said, you can tell every kid that their mother went to come to the fire because they look unkempt and they're just, you know, no, I was just making fun. But I asked Eric, I said, did you do a good job? And he goes, well, look at him. And he had this big bandage across his head so anyway we had we had fun with them but I think the ladies had a good time and and you you don't have I mean if you have a testimony tonight we want to hear you testify and see what God's doing in your life so anybody can stand up somebody stand up okay Yes, I was one of the ladies that went to come to the fire, and my son is the one with the bandage on him. Um, <laughs> but I, uh, I was very blessed. I feel like God was speaking to me along with probably every woman in there. Um, I've just been allowing myself to get very distracted by life, and it's hard for me to get away with the two little ones and just really focus on God, and it was really good for me to get away from my home environment, to get away from my kids, my husband. I know that sounds not so good, but um, it it was very good. I needed it, (laughs) and sorry, Eric, Um, but... We already know he's a bad father, so he must be a bad husband, too. No. Oh, he's going to testify next. Um, But just, I just feel like lately I had just been doing everything out of duty. I know I'm supposed to do stuff. I'm supposed to serve. I'm supposed to, um, you know, pray and read my Bible even. I felt like it was becoming duty and it just wasn't of the heart. And God spoke to me there and he told me that he just really wants a love relationship with him. He doesn't care if I ever serve him if I... If I don't have that love relationship with him, nothing else is going to fall into place. And so that's what I'm going to be working on, intimacy with God. And he has just allowed my mind to be cleared so that I can do that and I can focus on him. And I'm grateful for that. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Oh, Sean, sat down. I couldn't find you. There you go. All right. No. (laughs) He's just, never mind him. Uh, I was privileged to go at last minute, and I am so thankful that Cindy asked me. Um. One of the speakers especially touched me. She was an oriental uh, little tiny lady, <clears throat> and she's only been in this country since 1970, and she had a, a love and a burden for this country that most of us don't have that were born here. And she has a burden uh, that we are definitely going down the wrong path, and, 
and I agree, and every, I think everybody else did. But but the the love that she had for for the people of this country, and and the love for her Lord, and all the all the speakers just really touched me. That that they are so dedicated and so um, in tune with the Lord, and and I want to to do better to make sure that I'm I'm like that too. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Hannah? So, um, in one of my classes I'm taking at college, it's just a public speaking class, and um, <clears throat> we had a speech uh, that just happened, and it was like you had to choose a nonprofit organization that helps in like the Ozark area. And um, I actually work at a nonprofit organization that helps in the Ozark area, so I wanted to do where I work, which is First Fruits of Zion, but my instructor, he's even a Christian, but he said, hey, it's kind of controversy, you know, because everyone agrees we need animal shelters, not everyone agrees, you know, we need the spread of God. So I'm like, okay, whatever. And, like, you have to sign up for what you're going to do, so, like, you can't do American Red Cross or Salvation Army Bells if someone else does it. So it was a few days in, and I thought, I don't have anything to do a speech on, and it's only like a third of my grade, no big deal. <laughs> and um, so I was like praying on the way to work, like wondering what I was going to do like a speech on. Like, and um, I heard on 88.3 The Wind, it said, Truckers, Truckers Against Trafficking is a nonprofit organization that helps right here in Division, Division Street. And I said, thank you, Lord. <laughs> and so I did my speech on that, and it just goes to show that God cares about the little things. Just like a speech in my speech class, my freshman year of college, you know, that's so minuscule. But um, not only was I glad to do that, thank thank the Lord for that. Um, but I got like a 96 on it, and that's always praise. And... Um, <laughs> Also, that speech really humbled me because I did research on truckers against trafficking, you know, human trafficking, and we're just so blessed. We have no idea. You know, one of our worst days is someone's best day, and we are so blessed, and we have it. I mean, even if we have a bad day at school or work, we have no idea what other people go through, even here in America and in the Ozark area. So it really humbled me, and I'm glad the Lord laid it on my heart to do that, I guess. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Hannah. Anybody else? God's doing something in your life. Well, I went to come to the fire, too, and my kids are all in one piece. I'm not sure about my dog, but he did well with the kids. (laughs) It's Brian's fault about the dog, by the way. Hey, can I tell that? It's funny as all get out. Go ahead. I'm going to... Okay. Anyway, so this is my second time to come to the fire. Um, The first time I was a last-minute add-on, and I mostly went to see my cousin, who was at Olivet at the time. But the first time was just so powerful, and it was just overwhelming, and I think I expected that this time. Um, But God doesn't always work the same way. And I went and I thought, oh, I really need this. And I really need this conference. And this is exactly what I need. I need my joy restored. I need the focus back on the joy of God, of Jesus. And I sat there and, oh, it was so good. And it was so good. And I was like, but there's no fireworks. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't what I thought it would be. And then um, Saturday morning, the speaker got up and she had been through so many of the same things that I have been through in the past few years. And she talked about 
all of her family members having um, health crisis especially. And um, she talked about how inadequate she felt because she could not meet their needs. And I thought that's exactly how I feel. I just can't do it anymore. I just, I can't, I try, I try. It's just not there and there's no joy and I have nothing to draw from. And she talked about the quiet place and when you're in that quiet place that everything else falls in place and you don't have to meet their needs because God does it and that spoke to me so much and just all of it was so good and if you ever get a chance to go you really have to go (laughs) over here Lana feel like everybody can hear me without even having a mic, but I just want to stand. I'm not a politician. Please understand. (laughs) I'm not even a speaker, but I am a Christian. And I feel that we were most everyone was surprised at the way our election turned out because I cannot see how anyone could have won who had to fight the media the way one of the parties had to everywhere he went. The media was against him. And I truly believe, I felt that God put that election the way it went. And I feel a lot of people, there were lots and lots and lots and lots of prayers that went up that God would have his way. And I truly believe that in this election, God did prevail. And our responsibility, every one of us who prayed for the election, our duty is to stand behind this new president and support him the same way that we prayed and pleaded with God to have his way in the election. And this is the only way that this person is going to be able to make any difference in what we've had. And I I myself, I'll just say speaking for myself, I am hoping for an old-time America. Uh, If if it takes more sacrificing for me, I say amen to it, whatever it takes. But I do feel that our responsibility who put him in office, we have the same responsibility to pray for him to get direct guidance from heaven on where to go. Thank you. Amen. We need to pray, and that's what I said the week before. What, whatever happens, God, God's in control, and we and we read in Scripture that He controls like a like a water course. And we want to pray. And uh, I had to confess, I, I've I'd done more complaining than I had done praying. And uh, so I want to I want to pray for our new leadership, and just pray that God would have His way, whatever whatever that is, because He's going to. Because so you might as well just join him wherever he's at. And so we want to pray that the Lord would have his way. Anybody else? Melinda? I can't hardly see. Lights are in my eyes. When you brought up the complaining, I had to 
say what, I, what happened last Saturday. Um, I called my dad, and my dad lives, he's 80 years old, and he lives up northeast Missouri, and he remarried. My mom passed away many years ago, and I'll just be honest, it's been hard for me. She's not my favorite person. <laughs> um, but um, typically when I call my dad, um, she says, you want to talk to your dad? And I'm like, sure, but dad wasn't in the house. And I had this just nudge, when do you need to ask her? And so I said, how are you doing today? So she went on and said how she was doing, and and then she brought up the election, and I said, yeah, that's just, that's a tough one. And, um, and then I said, but, and there was just this nudge, kept going, and I was just like, oh, I just went off the phone. Um, and then I said, well, you know, despite the election, what the most important thing is, is you know where you're going when you die. I said, the election really doesn't matter anything if you don't know that. And she goes, but I don't know. And I said, you don't know? I said, I do. I know with no doubt. She goes, how? So I proceeded to tell her how I knew and about the personal relationship and asking Jesus in your heart. And she goes, but I've been a bad person. I I haven't made good stuff. And I said, none of us are worthy. None of us. So we proceeded to say that. And then she's like, well, I I don't go to church. And I said, don't make that a prerequisite to not believe. I said, yes, that's where you'll get fed, but don't let that be your roadblock. Um, And then um, she said, well, what about your dad? And I said, you know, when I was 16 years old, I watched out the window when my pastor came to our yard and talked to my dad about Jesus. And I watched him and I saw him get saved. Now, do I know where he's at at this moment? I don't. But I said, ask him about that conversation. So it just led one thing after another. And so I guess for the first time, I'm glad my dad was outside tinkering around and not, um, and he didn't answer the phone. (laughs) We've been, uh, I've been wondering just the things that happened this week and things they've been telling me about Stephen and uh, Sheila that was here this morning. How many times we would have those opportunities if we were just listening? Maybe we need to listen a little more. And so, Anyway, anybody else? Brooke. Okay. Um, ooh, sorry. Um, I think it was neat that Sean Yarnell just talked about how what she drew from Come to the Fire um, was talking about an intimate relationship with God, and that's been on Sean, my Sean, Pastor Sean's heart. My Sean, whatever. Um, <laughs> Pastor Sean's heart, and we just started a series in pursuit about making that... Um, relationship with the heavenly father more intimate and I do not know why when I get a microphone I cry <laughs> um and then we went to encounter at Camp Table Rock and that's what it was all yeah. and I just I could just see God drawing his people near and we need to reciprocate and draw near him. And I think something big's about to happen, maybe in our lifetime, but maybe not. But the Lord wants us to have that intimate relationship yeah. with him, and it's very apparent right now in this season. And it's everywhere. And I just, um, I hunger for that and crave for that for our pursuit teens and our church and me. And it starts individually. Revival starts in us individually. And and I just, I want to have that just unbelievable intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father. And, and that's what he wants from all of us. And I just felt like I need to share that. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? 
tonight. This young lady up here in the front. Yeah, you do. I about don't stand up because you stick this in my face. Yeah. But anyway, well, I wanted, I went to come to the fire. And ladies, I would recommend you to go. I know it costs a little money, but it is worth it. It is um, no known speakers. I mean, we know them because it's a lot of the same ones that come every, every, every year. So we feel like we have a relationship with them. But um, it is not, they are not nationally known. It's not like women of faith or anything like that. But it is an intimate revival, I feel like. And it speaks um, directly to you. It is holiness preaching. It is, are you living your life like God has called you to live your life? And um, I, 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 I got several things from it. But I, um, like Helen was talking about, Nancy is a little Asian woman, an awesome prayer warrior. And Lacey and Lindsay went to her church in Olathe. And she truly is a prayer warrior. She talks about, and they talk about, she don't have anything much materialistically in this, in this life. And um, she walks uh, the streets of Olathe and she prays and she cries out for hours and hours and hours. I mean, that is God's calling on our life, and it was awesome. And she was just crying out for our nation and for our families, but I got thinking about that. And, of course, Brian had preached about that, you know, the week, I guess, before that, maybe, right? Like the the week before. And um, we were... uh, I was already a little bit convicted whenever he preached it, because here's the deal. I don't like President Obama. I haven't liked him from the get-go. And, uh, you know, like or not, I, that is not my call. That's right. That is not my responsibility. He answers for what he does. He answers for policies he makes. And it doesn't, God doesn't call us to like them. Right. God calls us. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And he, she, she didn't even really preach on that one. She preached on what Brian preached on. But that one caught me because here's the deal. We gripe and we complain about our nation and everything that is wrong with it and everything. But I know myself, have I humbled myself before God and cried out for our nation? Absolutely not. I haven't. I have prayed times, oh, let this pass, stop this, you know, I want abortion to end. That's not what he's called us to. He has called us to humble ourselves and cry out. Do I like Donald Trump? Not necessarily as a person. I don't know him. But that's not my responsibility. It don't matter if I like him, if I don't, if I agree with him on everything, or if I don't. I'm like Rayetta. I believe God showed up. But now he's waiting. He's waiting. Is his people going to humble yeah. themselves and cry out? And, and he will come and heal our land. But our church people are lazy. They're lazy with crying out and praying for their land. I did not, I, I guarantee you, not one utterance prayer came out of my mouth for President Obama. Not one. Not one. And that is pitiful. In all reality, in the last past eight years, I should have been every day praying that, Lord, speak through him, speak to him, soften his heart, humble him. And I did not do it. But I, after you preached and then I heard that again, I thought, oh, Lord, thank you. I am, 
here, here's the deal. I have a little prayer closet, little prayer room. I have all pictures of my family on there, and I pray for them. And I love it because it's an easy place for me to go. And I don't think Donald Trump's a very handsome man, but I'm probably going to have his picture, a little one, somewhere just to keep myself accountable, Thanks. to pray for him and to, for his family and for our leaders and for our nation. And I think if the churches would truly do that, then God may come and heal our land. Right. And wow, boy, wouldn't that be awesome? And then as I was sitting there, come to the fire, you know, I just felt like God speaking to me. So, Cindy, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? And I'm like, oh, I don't know what I can do. I can pray. I can pray. I, I can pray. I'm sorry. I'll pray for him, you know. And I felt, but it's a little bit, but not also in our nation, but in our community. What are you going to do? And so I have been. I have been praying. I've been seeking. And I hate to get up early. Do I not, Brian? Right. With a passion. Right. Hate it. He set his alarm for six this morning, and did he turn it off before he left the room? No. So at six o'clock, I heard, and and he came in and he said, good morning. And I said, why was your alarm going off? So anyway, he apologized. But anyway, that's beside the point. I don't want to get up, but here's the deal. God has called me to do prayer walks around our neighborhoods and in our town. So if you want to call, or if you see this little crazy woman out walking the streets, you will know that I am doing a prayer walk. I don't know what else to do, but here's the deal. God has humbled me once again, and he has checked me, and my spirit has not been right as far as that kind of stuff. It really has, and I'm just like, why don't they do better? Well, hello. I'm not doing my part. He can't heal it if these people, his own people will right. not cry out to him right. for, for this land, for our community. So I don't know. I'm, I, I may get up early and go walk in, or you may see me in the dark at night. I don't know. But if you would like to join me, let me know. We'll go walk together and pray for our community. Right. And I think for too long we've waited on other people to do the healing. And, and what does that scripture say? The scripture says that God does the healing. We can't, we can't rely on people to heal god we need to pray and let god do the healing so anyway all right anybody else i've got a sermon i can preach in 11 minutes and i'll do it all right i'm gonna do it it may take more than 11 minutes but it's something that the lord laid on my heart and so i feel like i need to share with it we're going to be in john chapter 21 you guys can leave the microphones back there with tim John 21. Beginning with verse 15. And I talked a little bit about this, I think, last week. But I want want to talk about it again. Uh, Let's stand real quick in honor of God's word. This is when, when Jesus is reinstating Peter... And uh, bringing him back in. And uh, this is, boy, this is a rich scripture. It's got a bunch of stuff in it, but I want to really kind of just stay on the end of it. Uh, when Peter had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, and when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? And there's a lot of different, there's some things you need to know about that wording, but we're not going to talk about this part tonight. Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. 
Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. (coughs) You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were younger, you dressed yourselves and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had learned that leaned back against Jesus at the supper at the supper and had said, Lord, who's going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Let's pray. Father, help us to understand just like we've heard tonight, just like Cindy said. We don't answer for everybody else. We answer for us. And you have called each one of us to personally follow you. And so, Father, tonight I pray that you would speak into each one of our hearts, not worrying about the people around us, not worrying about uh, our government or anything else, Lord. But help us to understand that you seek for us to follow you. And, Father, that is not always easy or fun but you have called us to follow you and father speak into our hearts one more time this evening we ask these things in jesus name amen these uh uh i spoke a little bit about this last week and uh, lots of times we think that we need for God to conform to us, to conform to our needs. And we was talking about this, and you guys have been talking about this, that my life gets busy, and so I need God to fit in where he can. And uh, my time, I just have so much time, so if I could just get God to fit in where I have time, or if I could get him to fit in around my schedule or around my job or all the things that I'm doing. And I, need to, I want us to understand tonight, and we need to get this in our minds, God does not conform to us. He is the almighty. He is the creator. He is the provider of all things. And he does not conform. We conform to him. And when he's speaking to Peter like this, he, he's, he's sharing with him that, uh, that, that Peter may have to do some things that he may not particularly enjoy. And you have to understand that Peter, and we've talked about Peter before, Peter is known for saying the wrong thing at the wrong time nearly every time. And if you have your Bibles, turn back to Matthew chapter 17. And this is a really interesting scripture. I I like this. I don't know what the message says, but it's pretty much, I think, one of the times, if you read verse 4 and 5, chapter 17, uh, it's, it's when uh, the transfiguration of Jesus and Peter sees this and he says, Lord, it's good for us to be here. If you wish, I will put up three shelters, one for you, one for Moses and one for Elijah. And so Jesus is there. Moses is there. Elijah is there. And Peter doesn't know what to say. So he just starts babbling. And he says, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we, we ought to do something. We should put up three, uh, three shelters here and while he was still speaking a bright a bright cloud enveloped them and a voice from the cloud said and this is this is pretty much god saying will you shut your mouth will you be quiet this is my son whom i love 
with him I am well pleased. Listen to him. And there's an exclamation point at the end of that. God is saying, will you be quiet? And, and Peter's always known for saying the wrong things at the wrong time. And, and, and God uh, speaks to him about this at different times. But before, and even before that one, if you go in Matthew 16, uh, Jesus is, uh, he's, he's saying, you know, the religious leaders are going to come and take me away and they're going to kill me. And in verse 22, Peter speaks to Jesus and goes, why are you saying? You don't need to say this before. This isn't what's going to happen. Because things weren't going the way Peter thought they would. And sometimes we, uh, things don't go the way we think they should, or we have an idea of the way we want things to go and the way we want church to go, or the way we want our life to go. And, and it's not going that way. And so Peter would go to Jesus and he'd go, now th- this is not the way it's going to be. And Jesus calls him Satan. And he says, I, I, these are the things that are going to happen and get behind me and follow me. He's saying, get back in line and follow me. And sometimes we look at our life and we look at the way things are going and we say, this isn't going the way I think it should. I I think that we ought to be doing this, or I think I need to be doing this, or why isn't this happening? Or why isn't so-and-so doing what they need to be doing? Or why isn't so? And we, and we look at everybody else and whatever's going on. And Jesus is saying, follow me, get back in line and follow me. And it may not even be doing what you want to do because he, he says you're going to be led where you, you don't want to go. And Peter has in mind this picture of how this is all going to be. And, and, and when Jesus says it's not going to be like this, Peter doesn't like it. And, and sometimes things don't go the way that you want them to go. Sometimes things in life don't go. The, even if you're following God, sometimes things don't go the way you want them to go. And I know I preach about this a lot, but I think too much in the world we hear all this, well, if you just follow Jesus, then everything's going to be bright and sunshiny and and rainbows and unicorns all the time, okay? And I'm probably too much the other way. But I am not into the... Jesus says sometimes it's hard to follow him. His disciples suffered because they followed him. And, And folks, sometimes you're going to suffer because you follow him. And sometimes days just don't go the way that you planned. And, uh, uh, and that's, and that's all right. And Jesus is very specific when he tells him this and, 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 and he's telling Peter that sometimes things aren't going to go the way you want it. So Jesus told Peter several times that things would not be like he thought. Many times he, he, he upset Peter. And Peter's a lot like us because we like to do things our way. And we want to follow God our way. And we want to do things our way. But that is not always the right way. And that's not the Christian way. And the word says that we have, to die, we have died to Christ and we do what God would have us to do. And Jesus himself, we see in Jesus himself, Jesus lays aside himself and follows God. And we see from scripture that, that Jesus, we see an example of him leading, being led where he didn't really want to go. When it talks about him going to Gethsemane, it it talks about him sweating drops of blood. He was being led where he knew he had to go, but he was being led where he didn't want to go. And sometimes in life, if we're actually following Jesus, we're being led where we don't want to go, but we know we have to. And it's not always going to be easy, but are you allowing God to lead you? Are you allowing to be led? We don't, uh, we don't like to follow very good. 
You know, if you're following, you can't lead and follow at the same time. You notice that? You can't lead and follow, and we don't really like to follow. Several years ago, my grandmother died. My mom's mother died. And we had the funeral down in Ava at the funeral home. And we were headed towards uh, Glad Hill. I think it was Glad Hill Church out there on K Highway. It's between Ava and uh, Seymour. And uh, we were in, I was in the car, Cindy and I was in the car with my brother-in-law and my sister, Sherry. And we were going down through there and it was the Hearst and then the family car and then us, wasn't it? Is that right? I think that was right. And if you, if anybody, has anybody been on that road on K Highway? It's kind of curvy and, and it's just curvy down through there. And so we're going down through there. It is the coldest day I can remember in my entire life. It was cold and blowy and spitting snow. And we're just talking about the funeral and talking about the day and things like that. And we're going along and all of a sudden there's just a short straight stretch in there. And my brother-in-law just drops it to the floor. It kicks down in passing gear and we're starting to pass the family car in the Hearst. And I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, and just pulls back. I mean, we were right alongside mom and dad. I was like, okay, I guess, I guess I mean, he didn't like following. He didn't, fo- I said, what are you doing? He goes, oh, I kind of, kind of just forgot, you know, my, he's one of them guys that if, if, if you're driving on a flat road across Kansas, if he can see a car in the horizon, he's going to pass it. All right. Cause he don't like to follow. All right. And sometimes we're that way. And it doesn't, and we know that we shouldn't go around. We know good and well that we shouldn't go around God and do what, and and get in front of him. And it's just as rude as that was what my brother-in-law was trying to do. I mean, that was just, that's rude. All right. But we do the same thing. God, you're not going fast enough. God, I don't, I don't want to go here. God, this isn't, this isn't easy and fun. And, I, and I'm telling you this because next Sunday we've been, we've been talking about this and I'm trying to prepare you, but next Sunday might pull some of you out of your comfort zone. And, and I really feel like God is pulling us that way to set with people that you don't know and to talk to people that you don't know when it's, when it would just be easier to hand them a turkey and shake their hand and get them on out the door. But God's calling us to more than that. Do you feel that? Did you feel it this morning? We're just singing. And all of a sudden, God showed up. He is wanting to show himself to his church. And, I, and I'm, with, I'm with Brooke. I think, God's, I think God's up to something. And I think Satan is trying to mess it all up. But I do believe that God is up to something. I think we saw, I think, I think God maybe just opened up the door a little bit and let us see a little bit of it this morning. We saw a glimpse of his glory this morning, this morning. And I think God wants to do more, but it will be if his people say, I'm just going to stay behind you and I'm just going to follow you. And it might be that we get led where it may not be fun or it may not be easier. Or it may be just plumb out of our comfort zone. But I want you to know, follow him. Listen to him. Get in that place, like what all these ladies have been talking about. Get into the, into the secret place. Get in the secret place. Hear what God has for you. And then do it. No matter how hard it is, do it. God's calling us. God's calling us. But we have to follow him. Follow him. I know I've said that. 
in several sermons. And I was, I'm telling you, I did not want to preach this sermon tonight. I said, Lord, that is the same sermon I preached last Sunday night. And he said, preach it again. And it was just like Peter. I said, I don't want to go there, but it's the same one, but God's called us. And so I'm preaching it again. I'm following, but let's all follow as well. Let's be in prayer and fasting for our service next Sunday. Pray that God would come, pray that God would show up and that we would be here following him. Let's all stand.